Good evening. This is Lehigh Valley Discourse, and you're listening to Wellness Lehigh Valley. I'm your host, Sally Hanlon. Wellness is important to a balanced lifestyle, and more and more, we as humanity are figuring out how certain elements can lead to positive results. From mental health to environment, including all the things that can affect your wellness, I'm happy to invite you into our conversation on ways to improve and think differently about wellness in the Lehigh Valley. And listeners, you're in for a treat this evening. We have a special guest to help us with understanding one of the components of wellness. But before I introduce him, I have a few questions for you and a little information. Have you taken a tree bath lately? Lehigh Valley's options for a nature prescription for health are what we're going to be talking about this evening. According to Dr. Nishun Razzini of TED Talk, as adults, we spend only 7% of our time outside, which goes up to 12% if we're in our car. So that's not exactly an outside experience from my perspective. Were you aware that just 15 to 20 minutes in nature can restore your mind and your attention span? If you could spend three days in nature, your frontal cortex relaxes and resets, leading to your most creative thinking. And there's a doctor in Washington, D.C., Dr. Robert Czar, who in the New York Times said that the idea of prescribing parks is probably more common sense than rocket science, but is also based on expanding scientific literature that shows that spending time outdoors is good for physical and mental health. And I don't know about you listeners, but the past two and a plus years have had me out in nature a little bit more than usual. And I think some of our state parks have been experiencing people out in nature a little bit more than previously. And my guest this evening is Rob Knights, who's manager of Jacobsburg Environmental Education Center in Wingap. Rob, welcome. Hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate being here. Well, and I'm so great to share you, Jacobsburg, and some of the activities that you're involved in with our listeners, because spring is coming. And you know, we're in it, but it's got to get a little warmer first. But before we get into Jacobsburg and the Greenways conservation landscape, could you share a little bit of your background with our listeners, like how you got here to Jacobsburg? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, you know, I consider myself a lifelong Lehigh Valley resident. Uh, I was born in Columbus, Ohio, but moved to the Lehigh Valley at about the age of three. Oh, okay. And so I consider myself a, a well, lifelong <laughs> uh, resident of the Lehigh Valley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did go to school at Lock Haven uh, University for uh, environmental biology, and then went on to get a graduate degree in environmental education at Montclair State in okay. New Jersey. Okay, so environmental education was still just becoming. I remember when I was at Penn State, we were doing some nature studies and nature centers, but it really wasn't a thing. It was an ad hoc, you know, or if there's money left in the budget. But you came in when environmental education began to take off, correct? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's got a long history, uh, different names, you know, outdoor studies, outdoor schools, um, but but environmental education for sure has uh, taken off. And I think the importance of understanding our relationship to nature um, has moved to the forefront. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, even if you don't believe in the theory of climate change, things are changing. And part of the reasons they're changing is our way that we've been interacting with nature for the last 50 years. Sure. So for our listeners who may not have ever experienced Jacobsburg, and shame on you if you haven't, 
Could you please describe sort of physically and, you know, what's going on programmatically at Jacobsburg Environmental Center? Sure, yeah. You know, so Jacobsburg is actually one of four officially designated environmental education centers within the state park system. So Pennsylvania, we're, we're very, very lucky. We have 121 state parks within our uh, commonwealth. Um, you know, back in the 60s, it was a goal to put a state park within 25 miles of every Pennsylvania citizen. Okay. And um, we largely achieved that. And so Jacobsburg, in the scheme of things, is relatively small. We're only 1,168 acres, but we've got uh, great resources. We've got 18 miles of trail. We've got wildflower and warm season grass fields. We've got a mixture of uh, early forest and a small section of what we call remnant old growth forests. And then, you know, of course, a lot of our resources within Pennsylvania are based around our cultural resources. So, you know, Jacobsburg kind of was founded around the Henry family, um, and they were industrialists that got into the making of custom firearms, what's known as the Pennsylvania Long Rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have some of those resources. We have a great partnership with uh, the Jacobsburg Historical Society, who's celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. Um, but then I've got a staff. You know, our, our, our goal is really to work with schools, work with teachers, uh, civic organizations to do just that, provide environmental education, you know, connect people to the resource, help them understand the important role that nature plays, not only in, in our lives, but how our lives impact nature. Right, and especially native, you know, native plants and native animals and the importance of us being aware of that and not bringing in ornamental or um, other types of plants that aren't native to our area into our landscape because it doesn't help. That's right. That's yeah, right. it's yeah. interesting. And listeners, I have been to a couple of the events that the Historical has, Society has done with the Jacobsburg Environmental Education Center, and it's terrific. And I didn't realize until this last ice harvesting one that um, Jacobsburg originally was scheduled to be a lake back in, the, what, the late 60s when they were making lakes around here, but the Historical Society sort of rose up and we have the park. Yeah, so the the history of of the state parks with that goal of putting a a park within 25 miles of every citizen usually was very formulaic. You would buy some land, uh, put up a dam on a creek, create a lake, put some campsites, um, put some overnight accommodations, and and voila, you have a a state park. Um, But the Historical Society knew that they had some pretty valuable – cultural resources that they wanted to protect that would be under the water. Mm-hmm. And um, they were formed around the idea of, of not necessarily making a lake, but preserving the cultural assets. And so the park was then turned into an environmental education center. Yeah, yeah. And as uh, Rob mentioned, this is the 50th anniversary of the Historical Society. So they've got a terrific schedule, aside from the one that uh, Jacobsburg has. So as we were talking originally, you had basically shared with me the Lehigh Valley Greenways Conservation Landscape Group. You're one of the uh, sort of coordinators of that. What is that? I mean, I, I see there's 29 organizations and municipalities involved. Could you explain to our listeners what that is, what they do? Purpose? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, this is one of my favorite parts of, of my, my job is, is coordinating and, and uh, acting as lead for what's called a Lehigh Valley Greenways uh, Partnership. Um, Pennsylvania, back in 2004, created what are called conservation landscapes. Um, the idea is that if DCNR, which is the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, uh, who oversees 
state parks and state forests, if, if they could provide a region uh, some seed money and some leadership and bring together the government, whether it be at the state level, county level, local level, uh, together to the same table with nonprofits and other organizations, community-based or organizations, and work towards common goals that we could achieve uh, things at a faster rate. And, and so Lehigh Valley Greenways was really built around four, four common goals, which is land conservation and restoration, outdoor recreation and trail connections, um, community revitalization, and environmental education. We've got a tremendous number of partners uh, in the Lehigh Valley, and we realized that, you know, we were all kind of doing our own thing in our own little silo, mm -hmm. but we were all kind of working towards the same thing. So there were many organizations working on water quality. There were many organizations doing environmental education. There were other organizations that were more focused on building trails and parks. But when we came together and... Um, you know, sat down and said, hey, you know, we're all doing this, but let's work towards a common goal. And we really saw things change in the Lehigh Valley. You know, a lot of the citizens in the Lehigh Valley see and reap the benefits of our work, but they're not really sure how it's getting done. And it's really through this conservation partnership that the trails are being built, um, that land is being preserved, and, and really we're seeing some of our smaller towns reinvigorated um, economically. Yeah, and I, in my research, Rob, when I was doing it, Penn State had done an economic impact study, and what they came up with was for every dollar invested in a park, it generates $12 in economic impact to the community that surrounds it. Absolutely, is yeah. Is that still a valid? Yes, it is. And, um, you know, Pennsylvania's got one of the largest um, outdoor recreation economies in the nation. Actually, we rank, really? I think, number six in the nation from an outdoor recreation standpoint. Yeah. Oh, when you consider Colorado and all the, it, that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're really rich in, in outdoor recreational resources. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's funny, I say this anecdotally, but to rejuvenate or revitalize a town, it seems like you just start with the seed of a trail and a brewery. If you can put those two <laughs> things together, if you can put those two things together, you've got the great start of community revitalization. Yeah. And then you add a farmer's market and then you add a coffee shop. And what you have is the making of, you know, people economically supporting their local economy by providing, you know, by stopping and, and patronizing these shops and stores. Uh, and then health and wellness, right, not just from an economic standpoint, but from a uh, physical and mental standpoint, because they're on the trail, they're riding to the they're riding the trail, they're stopping to get a beer, stopping to get coffee, maybe stopping at the farmer's market to And to slowing get down their life a little bit. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, sort of regenerating that mind. Have you been able to, as the partnership, get back together yet as a group since the COVID has sort of lessened a little bit? Yeah, so we just had our first uh, annual, what we call our stakeholders meeting or this past February, yeah. Okay, did everybody see that uptick of people coming out to their locations? No doubt, and and that's the great thing. You know, we have tremendous parks and trails here in the Lehigh Valley. Um, we've got great municipal and city parks. We've got great parks and open space that have been created by the two counties, Lehigh and Northampton. And, you know, at the state level, we've got some great land. So, and all of us across the board saw a tremendous influx of people um, during the pandemic. 
either just discovering the parks and the outdoors or rediscovering the mm-hmm. parks and outdoors. Uh, you know, it's so two years ago, but still, you know, people forget what it was like. It was the only thing that we were able to do yeah, and was I, get outside. And I remember going to Jacobsburg and it was like you had to stay on your, your path because the traffic coming to you, the walking traffic pedestrian, it was a crazy yeah. number of people that were out there. Absolutely. And, and we weren't alone. Every park, every outdoor uh, accessible area was, was like that. Okay. And, and who else is a dominant partner in this uh, DNL corridor? Yeah, so the Delaware and Lehigh National Heritage Corridor um, really serves as the what we call the external lead. So DCNR, um, Jacobsburg serves as the internal lead, and then the Delaware and Lehigh National Heritage Corridor is the external lead. So together, we coordinate the Lehigh Valley Greenway Partnership, which is comprised of all those different partners. Okay, and the opportunity of this group to sort of collaborate and provide some opportunities for other municipalities. Are there some grants and things that you guys have offered in the past? I don't know whether you're continuing to do that now. Sure. So in the formation of the conservation landscape, DCNR provides money that we uh, offer in the form of mini grants. And really, this is just money that that really is meant to get shovel-ready projects accomplished. And you see them across the Lehigh Valley. So, you know, if you're riding one of the local trails and you see one of those bike repair stations, okay. it's likely that it was a, a mini grant that funded that. Um, if you see wayside information, you know, an educational sign that's telling you a little bit about the environment or uh, the place that you're at, that's likely a, a mini grant. So, uh, yeah, we fund a lot of these small projects that increase the, the quality of life or, for, for people. And finish out what the goal was. Absolutely. Okay. Listeners, we're going to take a short break right now. You're listening to Wellness Lehigh Valley with our guest, Rob Knights, manager of the Jacobsburg Environmental Education Center. And we're talking about the important role of nature in our wellness and what the Lehigh Valley has to offer. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. WDIY News engages the Lehigh Valley with accurate, unbiased reporting from many sources with volunteer, real voices providing context and definition for thought. Natalia, how trustworthy do you feel uh, the media is in Ukraine? Actually, we do trust it. Listen to WDIY News during Morning Edition, fresh air and all things considered daily here on WDIY, streaming on WDIY.org and on the WDIY phone app. Welcome back. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Wellness Lehigh Valley. And we are talking with our guest this evening, Rob Knights, who's manager of Jacobsburg Environmental Education Center. And before we went to break, we were talking about um, some of the partners and activities of this Lehigh Valley Greenways organization, what they do and, and who all's involved. And Rob, there's so many opportunities here for people to get out. Can you share with listeners 
what's available because the Lehigh Valley is so blessed. Sure, absolutely. And I, I'd love to, to share some of the work that our partners are doing. So, you know, collectively, one of our goals is um, outdoor recreation and trail connections. And so in the Lehigh Valley, we formed what's called the Link Trail Network. And this is really a combination of three trails coming together that all run through the Lehigh Valley. Um, three major trail networks, I should say. So we have the Delaware and Lehigh National Heritage Corridor, which starts way up in the Poconos mm -hmm. and runs all the way south just outside of, of Philadelphia. Uh, includes two state parks, which is the Lehigh Gorge State Park and Delaware Canal State Park. Runs through the heart of the Lehigh Valley, connecting Allentown, Bethlehem, and Easton. Mm -hmm. It's really what we consider the spine of the trail uh, of the link uh, trail network. Um, we're continually to continuing to work on a trail system called the Jordan Creek Greenway, which would connect okay. Trexler Nature Preserve in Lehigh County, coming down through uh, Allentown and then connect into uh, the DNL Trail. And we also have what's called the Two Rivers Trail, which is will connect Easton, the heart of Easton, all the way up through the Appalachian Trail, um, running wow. up. Um, along the Greenway that actually run through Jacobsburg and, and up north. Through the so, sleigh belt, through the sleigh belt. Yeah, and so so we've got those three major trail networks kind of interconnecting, and then we've got the whole collection of other regional trails that will eventually connect into the spine. Um, you can really get more information there at the, the linktrails.com, but there's an interactive portion that you can download to your phone and you can find what's open. Where am I? <laughs> exactly. You can find out what's open, what is uh, currently being constructed, um, what is still uh, being worked on. So uh, we've got we've got a great trail network that should should really be taken advantage of. And then Wait, wait before you go on, what's, sure. the, what's, that what's that website again? Sure, it's thelinktrails.com. Thelinktrails.com. Okay. Yeah, and you can get a ton of information, not just on, on the trails itself, but where's a great place to stop to get ice cream or where do you want to stop to get a taco after that long bike ride? So, you know, we're really trying to connect people to an overall experience. You know, you go out on the trail, you know, you want a beer, you want something to eat, you know, it's, it's really making the whole, whole experience. And most of the trails that I, and I've been on many of what you've suggested here, you're allowed to take your dogs with you Absolutely. for most of them. Yeah, and yeah. Um, that to me was a real plus. Yeah, well, you know, everybody loves to get out with their favorite pet. And, you know, this was actually something that kind of, kind of, we got highlighted during the pandemic and with the huge influx of people, which is, you know, not everyone is aware of what proper trail etiquette yes, is involved. Yeah. And so, you know, that really is about, you know, understanding, you know, if you're on a bike, you know, you don't want to go flying past a family that's walking, you know, um, if you have a dog or your favorite pet, you really need to keep them on leash mm -hmm. um, because not everybody wants to meet your dog uh, as friendly as your dog may be. Right. Um, and and so, you know, learning how to recreate in a way that's safe for everyone and mm -hmm. fun for everyone is, is really important. Okay. And as far as uh, the group is, is concerned with community revitalization and what's happening, do, does the partnership help with that as, as far as the individual communities? So like, uh, let's say um, Walnutport wants to do something. Will the partnership sort of provide a uh, brainstorm, feedback, help them along the way? 
Yeah, there are, there are a lot of ways that communities can engage with the Lehigh Valley Greenway Partnership, whether it's um, working through their local township and having the township connect to the partnership, whether it's you know working with a land um, preservation organization like Wildlands Conservancy or Natural Lands Trust, someone to you know help preserve the land, help them turn it into a park, whether they want to connect with us at DCNR to apply for a community grant to build a trail or build a park. That's definitely uh, one of the best ways to, to sort of engage with the partnership. Okay. And these regional partnerships, I assume it's not just the Lehigh Valley that has this, but DCNR has worked with other locations throughout the state to do this? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're actually one of eight um, regions okay. so or eight conservation landscapes across the state. And we connect to three others here in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, one is called the Kittatinny Ridge uh, Conservation Landscape, and that's really focused on preserving um, the ecological uh, value of the Kittatinny Ridge. Um, there's Pocono Forest and Waters, so that's just to the north side of, of the Kittatinny Ridge, and then there's the Schuylkill Highlands, um, and that's just here in the east. Okay, wow. Pretty, you know, this is just wonderful, you know, having been a Parks and Rec major and seeing all the things that have happened since I graduated when it was just sort of a, a dream. This is wonderful. So if an individual would like to get involved with the with the Greenway effort, is it best to get involved with sort of the local community or a local organization, or is there a way to sponsor a Greenway event? Or Yeah, really, I mean, you'd, you'd want to connect uh, a lot of the private community members that are involved are involved through a trail organization or a watershed organization. So I'll just use the Ironton Rail Trail okay. as an example. Um, they've got a great collection of volunteers and and that trail system is maintained um, through their through their volunteer efforts and they work obviously with the local township to make things happen but becoming a volunteer or member of your local trail organization is a great way to get involved um, the other way is through a lot of our watershed organizations that are out there um, we have a watershed organization for just about every watershed that exists in the Lehigh Valley. Um, Monocacy Creek is a great example. Little Lehigh is a great example. Bushkill Stream Conservancy is another example. So these these are organizations made up of volunteers that do stream cleanups. They plant trees and, and vegetation to create riparian buffers. They uh, test the water for water quality. So these are great ways of for individuals to become more engaged with their local community and, and really improve the, the quality of, of life here in the Lehigh Valley for people. Well, and if you think about it, the comment I made at the opening, if you spend 15 minutes in nature, if you're a volunteer and you're out there with this group helping on the riparian buffer or whatever, you're not only helping the community, you're helping yourself. You know, you're cleansing your own mind and health in the process. Anecdotally, we've known it for years. You know, you, you go out, you take a walk. Uh, outside, you go for your run, you take your dogs for their walk, you come back, you just feel better. Absolutely. You feel calmer. But now there's science back there to, you know, uh, there's to science it, to yeah. justify it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's a just great. You can't yeah. deny it. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, the last two years, um, not only individually, but we realize now more the impacts of our lifestyle decisions on the environment that surrounds us. Not only It's not only for our own wellness, but our lifestyle decisions are impacting everything around us. And um, it's, it's been so important for that lesson to be learned. Just Absolutely. Hope, hope we don't forget it. 
Yeah, no doubt. Well, that's why we're here to, to educate and connect people in, in every way we can to, to, to nature. You know, if you don't know certain things exist, you're not going to care about them. You know, right. a lot of our interpretation and a lot of our programs at Jacobsburg specifically are about connecting people to something they might not know about. You know, if you haven't turned over a rock in a creek and found these little tiny macroinvertebrates, we called them fish food for any other name, you know, you're not going to care that they're there. But what they tell you is the quality of the water that's there. Absolutely. Um, and if you haven't had a chance in spring to go out on a warm, rainy night and see wood frogs and spotted salamanders going to their native ponds, you're not going to care about them. You're yeah. not going to, you know, understand their importance to the world. But to have a hands-on experience like that and to really get out and experience that, that's really our goal is to connect people to the resource in that way so that the place that they've experienced that at holds deeper meaning. Well, I know that I have always been intrigued by birds, and I've never done anything formally, but I did go on a bird walk at Jacobsburg this past winter in the middle of a snowstorm. Uh, <laughs> and we still saw, you know, a number of birds, but it Having that little bit of education has made me now want to research more and learn more because they're so important and we're losing them because of the impact that our environment, our, our polluted environment is having. So, And the flip side of that is it, we can do things to better mm -hmm. the lot. It's not too late. It's not too late. And, and actually, you know, these next two weeks coming up in May, the first two weeks in May, are usually what we call the the pinnacle for bird migration. So it's the best time to be out and see uh, the what we call neotropical migrants. Are are really colorful, beautiful songbirds that go down to the tropics for winter and they come back here to nest in Pennsylvania. Uh, those first two weeks in May are the best time to get out and see as many different bird species as we have. So it's it's there. And you know, the, one of the things we like to educate on at Jacobsburg is how small changes around your home be it native landscaping or converting some of that grass that you would normally cut to a wildflower uh, garden uh, really benefits all kinds of species. You know, our pollinators like our butterflies and bees, all the way up to some of those larger songbirds. So, you know, like you said, it's, it's not too late. There's, yeah. there's a lot of things that we can do positive for our environment. Something I learned recently, because uh, Terry Gross on NPR had a show <clears throat> on a, a gentleman actually who grew up near Hawk Mountain who's been studying birds and bird migration. And he was saying that the majority of the birds do it at night. They, they, they travel at night. And if you look at a full moon with binoculars, and I'm going to be doing that because May is one of the months, mm -hmm. they say you can actually see a lot of the birds migrating and flying in the moonlight. Yeah, Scott Widensall, I think, is yes, who you're yeah, speaking thank you. about. Yeah. yeah, and that's absolutely true. The songbirds tend to migrate at night, and then, you know, we call what's – there's a fallout. So in the morning, they come down and land to rest for their for after their long flight and so that's a great opportunity for us to see them when they're feeding when they're you know uh, refueling and, and getting some rest so yeah, yeah it's it's great opportunity and i have had that experience you put a spotting scope up against a full moon and you just kind of keep an eye on it and you can see birds um flying through yeah wow We've only got a little more than a minute left here, Rob. What would you like our listeners to take away or understand from this conversation? Really that, you know, we've got 
a tremendous amount of resources when it comes to outdoor recreation um, here in, in the Lehigh Valley. Great opportunities for people to get out on the trail, improve their health both physically and mentally, and improve the economic health of the Lehigh Valley. You know, when they're utilizing the trails, when they're stopping at the small stores, stores mm-hmm. uh, to have a, a coffee or a beer, you know, they're supporting the local economy and they're supporting their lo- their health. So, you know, get out there, connect with the resource and, and really enjoy the resources we have in the Lehigh Valley. Yeah. So if they want to learn more and go online for for you for Jacobsburg where, where do they reach you Sure if they just go to our DCNR website dcnr.pa.gov um, and then go to our calendar of events um, they can search Jacobsburg and find all of our programming uh, there on the DCNR calendar of events And the Greenways Yep that's at lehighvalleygreenways.org and what's really great about that website is you can see we have a really wonderful interactive map of where all the mini grants have gone. So the money that we've spent over the years, you can see where it's gone to in the Lehigh Valley. And actually, a lot of those links have success stories. So you can see what the money was spent on and, and, and where. So uh, it's a great website to connect to our partners and to, to the resources. Okay, terrific. Rob, I can't thank you enough for being a part of today's show of Wellness Lehigh Valley because I truly am an advocate of what you guys are doing and I just think it's wonderful here in the Lehigh Valley. I would also like to just mention in the Valley we had a special guest come in to Moravian University, Deepak Chopra, and one of his comments is connect with nature's intelligence. It's important to have nature for our spirit's well-being. So physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health is is what nature's all about. And again, that website for Jacobsburg, dcnr.pa.gov. Yes. Rob, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you for taking the time to listen into our conversation. You can also find past episodes and other public affairs programming at WDIY.org and on major podcast platforms. I am Sally Hanlon, and this is WDIY 88.1 FM. Tune in next Thursday for more Lehigh Valley Discourse, and we'll see you next time on Wellness Lehigh Valley. 